With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Jared Weiss. He's Mark Schindler. We have Daniel Lehman stepping in to produce this one. And it is our first like full ding of the year, I guess. And like I know opening night was the night before. But like I love the real opening night, which is when every single team in the league plays. Because instead of getting these like glorified franchises matching up, we get to see all the crappy teams that are still developing, all the rookies coming into the league, like so many new faces. But of all the new faces and new places we're looking to see, there's none bigger than Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, did not end up scraping out the win here, but Donovan was fantastic for the Cavs tonight and showed a lot of what I think you wanted to see from him. Um, they were getting it. I, I believe they they almost doubled up the Raptors in points in the paint tonight, and Donovan was a huge part of that. Like He was able to get anything he wanted with or without a screen, uh, and that was leading to a lot of open shots. I mean, what I loved about Mitchell's game, and I mean, so, okay, Darius Garland, he got, he didn't just get poked in the eye. He got, like, finger punched in the eye, basically, by Gary Trent Jr. going for a steal. Looked looked pretty inverted. He missed most of this, of this game. He only played 13 minutes. So we got to see a lot of Mitchell really running the show on his own. Um, well, I don't know if you want to count Shetty Osman in that, too. But Don, even before... Uh, Garland went out I really loved the way that him and Garland were figuring out how to play off of each other where Mitchell was playing off ball as the second action guy a lot of the time did a lot spent a lot of his night attacking closeouts which is pretty awesome to watch for a guy of his caliber yeah definitely they were using him as a screener a little bit too really getting out with him in transition um, and his interior passing popped a ton especially considering how important Jared Allen and, and Evan Mobley were for him um, you know I mean, Jarrett is a huge story here as well. Like Jarrett, like down the stretch, I, I not not to make this anything just about uh, fouls and and how the the refereeing was. I was surprised at some of the lack of calls that he got. Um, it felt like there were were definitely some moments at the end where he could have gotten some, but he had that sequence in the fourth where he blocks a shot on one end, um, absolutely posters Scotty Barnes on the other end. Um, he has. Would you would you agree? He has some like the silkiest, most vicious dunks. Like they look like they shouldn't be that hard, and then they come through the net, and you're like, oh shit, okay, it's like that. And, and my favorite play was when he rejected. Was it Coloco at the rim? I, I think can't it was Coloco. It was yeah. It's it looked like I when when the block happened, I thought the dunk was good over him, and then you see it in slow mo, and he somehow managed to turn around and slip his arm straight between that gap of where the ball was and where the rim was and just completely shut it down like he was Tim Duncan. So, I mean, Allen was amazing, and he only had 13 points, but I feel like his impact was way, way bigger than that. Yeah, without a doubt. But, I mean, we have to talk about Pascal Siakam. Like, Pascal was just aggressive as hell tonight. Uh, I mean, Chetty Osman is a mixed bag on defense at times, and 
Pascal really took advantage of that. It felt like he smelled blood in the water every time he caught him. There was a sequence in the third quarter where he just went at him, I think, four or five times in a row. Um, he he finished with with 23 points, only 9 of 20 from the field, but it felt like a lot more. Just the way that he continued to attack and attack and attack opened up so much, uh, especially for the way that the Raptors ended up shooting. Yeah, and a big part of the Raptors winning here is just getting to the line more. I mean, mm-hmm. they only hit four more th- free throws, and they won this game by three, so I guess that lines up nicely. But they took nine more free throw attempts, and they're they're over. And I guess that's a a bit of a product of that. They're a downhill attacking team with big guys, while Cleveland is a couple great guard scores and a couple role guys, and those role guys aren't going to get fouled quite as much. Um, but I just love the way that ter- I mean. I don't know. There's nothing new. I didn't really take anything new away from Toronto, except that they're they're putting Coloco right in the rotation. Um, but otherwise, it's like I thought that they were just the kind of Raptors that we're used to. Yeah, it was a very Raptorsy performance. I, I did think with with OG, we got. I mean, his defense in the second half was uh, phenomenal. I think that's one of the best defensive games I've seen from him. Um, he did some good stuff attacking second side and finding dump offs and laydowns. Um, but overall, I, I totally agree with you, man. That just felt like I'm, I'm watching any kind of vintage Raptors game. All right. Well, we had a new all-star and a new team. We got some new rookie stars into the league. Paulo Bencaro, Jaden Ivey, both were really, really exciting in their debuts. Another close one where Detroit squeaked it out against Orlando, 113-109. Let's start with Bencaro. Uh, he already looked like a vet, pretty much. Like he, he looked really damn good. 27 points, 11 for 18 shooting, almost pulled a Vince Carter dunking over. I forget who took that charge. Oh, I was going to say uh, the Pistons won the game, but they're leaving with one last man because Corey Joseph is not coming <laughs> home after that. There we go. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, Orlando Magic PR tweeted this out. Paolo had the most points in a debut from a number one overall pick since LeBron James. Um, pretty impressive stuff, man. Yeah, like you mentioned, he just off rip. It was a. Uh, Doing Paolo things like scoring from anywhere on the court, getting wherever he wanted, being involved in any kind of action, whether he's a role man, whether he's a, he's handling the pick and roll himself, whether he's off the ball. I, I think his first basket was a cut, as Jaden Ivey's was uh, right on the other end as well. Um, had some definite defensive mishaps, but overall, I mean, that was just an incredible performance from him. He, I, I think the thing that surprised me, uh, I definitely was not surprised by the defensive mishaps. I would expect that, but he looked almost exactly the same in the regular season as he did in the preseason, yeah. and that's hard. That's rare for a rookie. Usually, a rookie's not getting to his spots in the same way. And, and maybe Detroit just didn't have a, a guy that really matched up well against him. I mean, they were starting Boyan Bogdanovich at the four, so it wasn't like they were starting a good matchup against him, but. He just looks so much more in rhythm than you would expect for a rookie, a rookie who was getting a ton of touches, too. And there weren't too many of his touches where you felt like he was completely in over his head. I mean, he did have four turnovers, but he also had five dimes. Like, he he looked like a one-man offense out there. Yeah, it's funny, too, because so much of when he was at, at Duke early last year we was talking about how his processing speed wasn't really up to par. And... I mean, he, he he really eschewed that, especially in the tournament last year. And you see how polished that is now. Um, getting the ball in the middle of four for him, he's making decisions as soon as he picks up his dribble. Like, that's just the ball's whipping. It's getting out. Um, also got a credit, too, Jalen Suggs. Uh, his handle was a little bit all over the place, but his shot looks so much cleaner than it did last year uh, and even in preseason at times. So that's been really nice to see. Um, what do you think of the Pistons, though, man? Uh, well, hold on, hold on. Before we get to the oh. Pistons, I mean, the Magic are my league pass starling this year. Right? I mean, the Pistons are a good pick, too. But what I really loved watching about them is I don't really think this team has a point guard. 
at least with Markel Fultz hurt. So it's really fascinating watching an offense with basically no point guard, or I guess maybe Terrence Ross was the closest thing they had to a point guard in this game. Um, but it's like a bunch of wings who are really talented scorers, but they're all too raw to actually know how to really run, like pick and roll efficiently and make good reads. So this team, it's like every night they're really winning just off of their sheer talent. The system is not there yet. And it makes me so excited for what's going to happen if they really finally put it all together over the next couple of years. But I, I just think when if you sit down and you watch Orlando, besides just Bancaro is going to be so exciting to watch because he's going to make some huge plays. They are such a weird team offensively, but it's it's working, at least, well, at least against Detroit. But to answer your question about the Pistons, um, Beef Stukin at threes. Uh, only one, but it, it hit it when it counted. <laughs> that was great. Bogdanovich, really good fit for you know for what they need, obviously. Uh, Jaden Ivey was just so, so aggressive attacking the rack and was just sli- he. It wasn't even like he was slithering and getting his timing right and everything. He was just exploding. Yeah, no, I agree. Watching the way that he just moves on court is is unreal. I was going back and watching preseason games the other day, and even on. I, th- I feel like it's the attempts that he doesn't make where I feel it even more. Like, it's just like, how do you even try that? How is that possible for somebody on the court? And I just can't wait to continue to watch him play. And, uh, you know, Cade had kind of a quiet night tonight, only 18 points and 10 assists, but it didn't feel like it. Like, it just felt like he was in control the entire game. Um, really commanded things down the stretch. His defense was really good throughout. I feel like that's always underrated about him. Um I was really impressed with Jalen Duran too. Yep. Like that's somebody I was yep. super high on in the draft. And considering he's the youngest player in the NBA coming in and dropping 14 and 10, uh, his touch looked pretty good around the rim, which was a concern for his of his coming in. And his defense was really good. Obviously, there are things he's gonna have to clean up, but the the rim protection overall from him was just fantastic tonight. You you could definitely see him becoming a starter by the end of the season oh, with yeah. the amount of talent he has. I mean, this guy was living above the rim and his he it's funny, they were they were showing him going back to the bench and they were giving some stat about I don't know if he was like the youngest guy for the Pistons to ever have a double double in his debut or something like that, which is like such a specific stat, whatever. Yeah, who cares? That's like that's a but, baseball ass stat right there. Yeah. yeah, for sure. The dude's 18. But the point is they're talking about how he's 18, and you're seeing him on the bench, and I'm like, wait, the dude in the middle of the shot that looks like he's 28, that can't be that guy. Yeah. He looks older, he looks physically just he's he looks rugged already. And most of these centers that come into the league, you're you're thinking of like an Evan Mobley. And then for in this game to have Bancaro and Duran, who just looked like beasts out there, it is it, it feels like we're turning a new leaf here in these prospects. Yeah, no, 100%. And I'm just excited to see how they continue to play. Um, on the other note, though, Killian Hayes, uh, oh still no right hand. Uh, the finishing was tough. The defense was really good, though. He, he was fan- – I mean, he was a huge part of Detroit getting back into that game and, and ultimately winning. But um, hopefully we'll just see more from him on, on the offensive end as the season goes on. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. 
Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's segue from a young top pick that has no right hand to another one. Zion Williamson, incredible NBA player, only uses one hand when he plays basketball, basically. And yet... He comes back. He finally plays again for the New Orleans Pelicans. He has 25 points, 11 for 22 shooting. Looks absolutely unstoppable. And the Nets weren't close. They lost 130 to 108. And it was a hideous game for Brooklyn and a very promising game for New Orleans. Yeah, I I mean, to say that this was a, a, a devastating blow from, from New Orleans almost feels right. Just the way that it played out. It felt like every time that Brooklyn was going to claw back in, New Orleans just rattled off like a 12-2, 14-4 run and kind of shoved the the game right back down their throat. So they started off on a 20-4 run to open up the game. Um, it, I mean, it was just kind of wild. It felt like everything that could hit right in this game did. I never really felt in watching that there wasn't a flow in their offense or that they were playing like my turn, your turn. Like it was, I mean, Ingram and Williamson shot 17 and 22 shots combined. Uh, I mean, to a, a piece, uh, CJ McCollum at 16, like everything felt balanced without being forced. And I think part of that was how poor Brooklyn's defense was tonight. But I mean, credit due to the way that Willie Green moved, moved guys around on the chessboard. Like every time there was any opportunity for a post mismatch, they're getting something in quick to Zion for a rip and go. Um, B.I. was getting to his shots when he wanted. He was killer in pick and roll. CJ was awesome off ball as well. This was a fun game to watch if you're at all excited by the Pels. Okay, so uh, we finally got to see Ben Simmons play for the Nets in a regular season game. What did you think? Uh, the defense, there, there's a lot to, to like about the defense. Obviously, brings a lot in passing and transition. This was a rough game from him, uh, and I think that's to an extent expected. Um, but again, it's just the matter in which it happens that makes it frustrating. Uh, only three shot attempts tonight. Um, it was kind of wild seeing him and Zion guard each other for most of the game and kind of guard each other in the same way, like just completely sagging off one another, especially with, I mean, Zion was eight feet off Ben most of the time. So I'm interested to see how uh, Steve Nash and that coaching staff changes up using him. But um, yeah, it was not not an awesome, great first night for Ben, but at least he got out of the way. Uh, ben Simmons, I think, tied for eighth most shot attempts. Ninth most shot attempts on the team. Uh, Kessler Edwards went one for three. Ben Simmons went two for three. Kessler Edwards played four minutes. Ben, please take a shot. I would love to see you score. Doesn't I don't care how. Just dunk it. I don't care. A- anywhere closer. Okay, we're going to run through these last couple ones. The Wolves. Rudy Gobert. He played. He had the most rebounds for a Wolf in their debut, according to the broadcast. I'm pretty sure that seems accurate. He had 23 and 16. And... Just, you know, I mean, okay, they're playing OKC. They kind of look like a glorified Thunder, honestly, in this game. And they got a lot to work on. And Carl Anthony Towns was just crap uh, trying to score the ball in this game. But you can see the difference in the way this team operates and the way this team cleans up its mistakes with Rudy Gobert there. Yeah, 100%. And I think, I mean, even just looking on the offensive end, it felt like the the Thunder really didn't have an answer for stopping uh any any kind of pick and roll action was going. Or I'm getting, shocked to hear get, this. Getting anything with, I mean, Rudy had seven offensive rebounds. Like, are I you mean, saying that Poku starting at the five is going to be? It's almost like it's not a good idea. There. Like, uh, hey, the best way to stealth tank is just don't play an actual five on your team. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, to me, even more so, like 
Ant and D'Lo had rough nights tonight offensively. Um, like the decision making was was a little bit subpar, uh, and I think that those are things that you're going to see iron out. But I mean, even alongside Rudy, Jade McDaniel's was fucking awesome tonight. Nineteen points, six rebounds, um, was everywhere defensively. Um, it feels like he's really going to take that next step this year, especially after being named the starter finally. Uh, and shout out to Jalen Noel with a really nice production off the bench as well. Yeah, uh, Jaden McDaniels went to the line ten times. Like I didn't know he could do that. Uh, it I, I, it's just great to see the Wolves. They make a big trade for Rudy Gobert, and they got exactly what they expected for him to be their leading scorer. And all is going <laughs> all is going according to plan in Minnesota. Hey, he's uh, the MVP no, it, so far. So yeah, they were fun to watch. All right, last game. Memphis wins in overtime against the New York Knicks. Uh, John Moran had some absolutely incredible plays in this game, which means it was a normal John Moran game. Santi Aldama had 18 points. Didn't see that one coming. Uh, but I want to talk about the obvious one here is Cam Reddish, the future star of the New York Knicks. And Jalen Brunson also had 15 points in his Knicks debut. Hey, I mean, Cam, yeah, Cam had 12 points in the fourth, including uh, one of my, I mean, that was one of the best uh, baseline out of bounds plays after a timeout I've I've seen drawn up uh, to start the year uh, from Tibbs with with I mean Cam ghosts on the on the on the baseline falls away shooting a three uh, ties the game goes to overtime uh, he is very firmly in the you have to play me part now like it almost felt like Tibbs was like egged on into playing him based on how fans were were talking about it headed into the game and. And he was awesome on both ends. Um, granted, we've seen some flashes from him, but uh, it, it tends to be a, in the pan. But, I, I mean, I got a good feeling about this one, man. That was a good game from him. Jalen, uh, just looking at what his numbers were from the floor, it's not amazing, but I think you could see what the fit is and how important he's going to be to what they do. Um, RJ had a rough game, as did Jalen from the floor, but you could see how they can work off one another, actually get some stuff going in towards the paint. And, man, Julius Randle was good tonight on both ends which i did not expect to say coming into tonight um ended up <laughs> yeah, fouling he, out in ot but he really like he was composed i thought he wasn't holding the ball quite as much he was efficient he was effective played off the ball well um this Knicks team what they showed in the fourth quarter made me at least a little bit more excited for what this year might be for them all right i, I want to finish this one on a fun little game here called who makes twice as much as the other guy Mitchell Robinson, who played 13 minutes tonight, or Isaiah Hartenstein, who played 40 minutes and went 7 for 11 from the field for 16 points? Whoa. Who makes twice as much as the other guy? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it is Mitchell Robinson. Um, I tweeted this one out. You'll get this one, Jared. I had multiple people. I'm feeling old now because I had people ask me, what do you mean? I said Isaiah Hartenstein is going to bled so uh mitch rob if they win this game and i had somebody ask what that means I'm like what the, what the hell do you mean what does that mean like come on but yeah i mean hardenstein was fantastic tonight uh like i mean i've, I've always enjoyed his game you'd think that he's the one getting into foul trouble not mitch rob because it's normally that way but um yeah he was fun tonight man for the record, you're talking about Eric Bledsoe or Drew Bledsoe? On the Drew Bledsoe. Drew Bledsoe. Okay. So, yeah. So, a Jets linebacker is going to break uh, uh, Mitchell Robinson's leg on the tackle in week two, and Hartenstein will become the greatest center in NBA history. You heard it here first from Mark Schindler on the Daily Ding. That's going to do it for us. It's a long episode because there were a lot of games, and they were all fun. It was actually fun basketball to start the season. I'm hyped. I'm going to be back tomorrow. We're going to talk more about the NBA here on The Daily Tip.